Hey friends, this is Jimmy Giro and you're listening to the Public Fitness Podcast. Today we'll talk about artificial intelligence and fitness trackers, and then I'll answer a question about IT band friction syndrome, or just IT band syndrome. So our news today is about AI, artificial intelligence, and fitness trackers. And I found this news on gizmodo.com and the author of the article that I'm citing today is Kristen V. Brown and I found this today at 1.45 p.m. I thought it was really interesting and it's something that I was not aware of at all so the article is AI will turn regular fitness trackers into potentially life-saving medical devices and so it starts um, talking about how the Food and Drug Administration recently announced that had approved uh, a first-ever medical accessory for the Apple Watch, which is awesome. And that accessory is a wearable EKG monitor made by the medtech company AliveCore. That's A-L-I-V-E-C-O-R, all one word. So that's pretty big news. Um, Apple has increasingly invested in health tech, and it seems to be eyeing it as a market where the watch will probably be a big hit. Um, the article says, the FDA announcement suggested that such a bet from Apple might be paying off already. So this article goes on, but the real news wasn't the band itself. It was the FDA's approval of the algorithm that powers it. So. It says, AliveCore is in many ways an AI company masquerading as a health company, and that's from AliveCore's CEO. He goes on, the headline is really not that they gave us clearance on the Cardia ban, they gave us clearance for our algorithms. Um, so he's basically saying the product itself isn't that big a deal, it is the algorithms that power it, so like the infrastructure of the product. And the product is Cardiaban, all one word, K-A-R-D-I-A-B-A-N-D. Uh, so the article goes on, AliveCore isn't the first company to infuse artificial intelligence into a fitness tracker. Already research has shown that machine learning algorithms can help devices like the Apple Watch detect serious health conditions, including high blood pressure and sleep apnea. So that makes sense. We, we've known that these things could track these types of things for a while now, but um, I haven't at least thought too deeply about how it might actually use uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence to project uh, a health event or some type of some type of issue. So that's pretty cool. Um, this article goes on a 2017 study from UCSF and another company, Cardiogram, found that the Apple Watch could detect an abnormal heart rhythm with a 97% accuracy when paired with a custom algorithm called DeepHeart. So that's awesome. I mean, that's seems like a such such a simple application to to these sciences already. So that's really cool that they've um, taken it this far so far. So before the FDA approval, LiveCore already had a device on the market, Cardio Mobile, and that attaches to the back of a smartphone and pairs with an app to detect an abnormal heart rhythm and uh, AFib or atrial fibrillation. So that's a really cool 
a really cool transition into this. Uh, the article goes on, but the CardioBan is the first medical device that the FDA has actually cleared to be paired with the Apple Watch, an indication of the potential that fitness trackers may be on, may have beyond just quote-unquote wellness applications. That's awesome. Uh, the CardioBand replaces the strap of the Apple Watch and contains a sensor that can check a wearer's heart activity. The paired software flags abnormal heart rhythm that might indicate a serious health issue. So this is like, this is not that uh, complicated from the consumer standpoint. I mean, if you have an Apple, I mean, going talking beyond or away from the price factor, um, it's not that complicated for us to to buy a Apple Watch and to buy a Cardia Band or or something like it. Um, very rare for. <laughs> obviously as the article says for fitness and the FDA to cross paths so that's pretty cool that's a step in the right direction for sure um, so this this newly approved software feature is called smart rhythm it's an algorithm that uses deep learning to predict what the wearer's heart rate should be based on their history and analyze whether there's something abnormal going on when the device realizes the wearer's heart rate is out of its usual range, it will prompt them to take an EKG, which they can do by placing their thumb on the band sensor for 30 seconds. The watch then makes a recording to send to a doctor. So this is crazy. Like this, uh, this takes down so many barriers to to healthcare, to proactive healthcare. I mean, this is. I think this is bigger news than honestly than we realize um, it does I mean this band basically does some work that a cardiologist might do like flagging people who may be in need of more care um, it might even have an advantage on the doctor that you only event visit once or twice a year because you have this thing on all the time presumably you know it continuously monitors your heart rate uh, deciding when you might have a health risk and when you might need to go take a reading. So this is crazy. I mean, this is just one of the many ways that I think, you know, the human lifespan is going to greatly increase. Just over the next five to ten years, I think that expectation is going to really grow faster than people realize. Um, and I like this part as the article concludes. When people freak out about AI replacing healthcare jobs like radiologists, this is why. Detecting an abnormal heart rhythm comes down to looking at patterns, and that's something computers are very good at. The CardioBand's algorithm, at least as far as the FDA is concerned, does a decent job reading a person's heart rhythm and detecting when its patterns are out of whack. And it has the ability to monitor 24-7. This around-the-clock tracking doesn't come free, though. The band costs $199 and requires a subscription to a LiveCourse premium service which costs $99 a year. You know, I feel like if you compare that to, to an enrollment fee at a gym and a monthly subscription to a gym, this is um, pretty minimal. But if you only have room for one of those things, I can see where those prices might be a little bit daunting. Um, the CEO says that they don't envision its band ever replacing doctors, just giving them tools to better do their jobs, something else to replace doctors. Uh, 
that that was me saying that, not the CEO. If you went out for a walk in the dark, the CEO goes on, uh, you would bring a flashlight. We're just allowing doctors to see further. It's not only that it's objective and consistent, it's simply applied more times, unquote. Uh, the cardio band is a good example of how we will one day see AI applied not just in the doctor's office, but before we even make it to the doctor. So, uh, incredibly well written, really informational article by Kristen V. Brown on Gizmodo. And I'm just glad I found out about this because this is really awesome. It's something I'm going to dig into a little deeper and I'll probably talk about in another episode as well. And the question that I want to address today uh, regarding IT band syndrome, it, it wasn't really a direct question. It was a result of a consultation I had this morning um, with a prospective training client. Uh, she was a Division One cross-country and track athlete. So pretty high level, still in phenomenal uh, physical condition, still runs pretty much every day. Uh, but she's having some issues with her knee and her leg and the physical therapist ultimately told her that she had this IT band syndrome. It's in a corporate environment so we have a good relationship with the PT but this prospective client kind of came away from from that um, from that first meeting with the PT wondering what she could do about it on her own because you know a lot of these a lot of people who are division one athletes in general, but especially for some reason cross-country and track athletes are type A personalities, if you will. And she doesn't want to stop running, obviously, uh, but she's obviously going to have to, to some degree. So she was just asking me a little bit about IT band syndrome, and we had a good conversation about what it really is and some things that she could do and some things that we could do together to to get rid of that and to uh, prevent it to some extent in the future. So, so IT band syndrome is what it's probably most commonly referred to and that stands for iliotibial band friction syndrome. So the first thing is to define the IT band and the iliotibial band is a thick group of connect connective tissue that runs along the outside of your thigh. Uh, it serves as a stabilizer for the knees and for the hips. The glutes and the tensor fasciolata TFL attach to the top and the lower part attaches to the tibia. So hence iliotibial. Um, IT band syndrome then is irritation of that connective tissue and it causes pain in the outside of your knee and or the lateral thigh so you'll be you'll be feeling most of that pain on the outside of your knee and it a lot of times tightens up and when you're running you feel like you just can't go on um, the things that cause IT band I mean, it's very much like repetitive you know the repetitive impact um, so it's not surprising that she has this I wrote an article earlier in the year, and I'll go ahead and quote from that. According to Rice University Sports Medicine, predisposing factors for the development of IT band inflammation include training error and abnormal biomechanics. Some runners make the mistake of only running on one side of the road, 
Most roads are higher in the center and slope off on either side. The foot that is on the outside part of the road is therefore lower than the other. This causes the pelvis to tilt to one side and stresses the IT band. The biomechanical abnormalities that may lead to IT band problems are excessive pronation of the foot, leg length discrepancy, uh, lateral pelvic tilt, and bowed legs. Uh, tight glutes and quadriceps may also contribute, uh, and a videotape analysis is a great tool for uncovering biomechanical problems. Um, so that's that's kind of some insight into structurally what could cause that. So I suspect my prospective client this morning has some type of abnormal running gait, uh, and, and just the repetitive motion that she's done has caused this issue. So prevention and treatment of IT band syndrome, uh, it's typically addressed through rest, massage therapy, self-myofascial release like foam rolling, and correcting long-term biomechanical errors, which can be pretty hard to do and in some cases impossible. Like your hips and your legs sometimes are just the way they are. Uh, but there are certainly ways to, to train through something like this and to correct your posture and to correct your hip alignment. But it takes a long time and you just have to be ready for that. Uh, endurance athletes are the most prone to this because the IT band acts as a stabilizer during hip flexion and foot strikes, which is running. So you can decrease the likelihood of developing IT band syndrome through dynamic warm-ups, foam rolling, uh, and targeted strength training work to the glutes, hamstrings, and quads. Now, without healthy fascia and connective tissue in this area, irritation will eventually arise, and it can be quite difficult to alleviate. So. If you're experiencing any kind of knee pain and you enjoy running, um, it's especially if it's IT band syndrome and you've had that diagnosis, you know, the biggest thing you can do, and you don't want to hear this, is to take a break from running for a little while. Um, my suggestion would to also be practicing the, a nice foam rolling series every day. Uh, you definitely want to have an intentional resistance training program and some some really uh, strategic mobility work hopefully you are seeing a physical therapist but if you don't have access to that um, there are a lot of resources that you can find on how to how to get through that and then on the prevention side like if you've already gone through this or you never want to go through this um, you know you might consider cross training you might consider your shoes or you might consider consulting an exercise physiologist and or some type of running coach to analyze your, your running gait and provide like a comprehensive assessment of all that. So there, it's just a very, um, it's a very complex issue, but as far as like getting over it, it's, it's the old rice principle, the, the R-I-C-E, I, I think the first one being the most important, which is rest. So uh, these things will happen, and especially, especially as we age. Uh, for us former athletes, that's not what you want to hear, but it's the truth. Uh, you just have to, you got to treat this, this vehicle that is the human body a little differently as it uh, gets the miles on it. So, yeah, I hope that helps if you're going through IT band syndrome or any similar issue. You know, I hope you uh, enjoyed 
the news about artificial intelligence and fitness trackers, and I hope you'll look into it a little bit more. I thank you for listening to the Public Fitness Podcast. You can find us online, publicfitness.org, on Twitter and on Facebook, Public Fitness FM, on Instagram, just Public Fitness. And then you can find me personally on all social media platforms, Jimmy Giroux, G-I-R-O-T. Have a great day. Have a great week.